Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Every once in a while, we got to religious people. There are 720 churches in Charlotte. I'm sure we can find one where you can stuff your face. Shut up. Quit pointing out the problem. Men will be proud, arrogant, abusive. You watch some of today's rock star pastors and you will see every characteristic Paul listed played out in vivid detail on the church stage. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome and welcome back to another Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd. Todd is out on the campus today at Georgia Tech. Todd is out on the campus, and we have the opportunity to eavesdrop on these conversations, and we will begin that now. Hey, young man, could I interrupt you just for a minute and talk to you on the? You're, you're. What are you working on on your? I had that cell phone. That's an. I missed my. Because it's got big numbers, and I miss yes, that it's one. Nice. It is nice. All right, dude. I'm gonna. Can I push your stuff over? Yeah. All right. So tell me on the radio, what exactly are you doing here at Georgia Tech? What are you studying? Um, I'm a chemical engineer, first year. Right now, I'm doing biology homework, and uh, probably shouldn't be chatting with people, but I am anyway. Can't help yourself. Uh, can, but are you a discipline guy? Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. I want to ask you a question about the weather. Okay. All right. I don't know if this has to do with biology or not. But we just had a ton of rain here yeah. in Georgia. Lots of rain, lots of devastation, some yeah. bad things happening, some people dying. Who do you think is responsible for the weather? Well, according to the weatherman on CNN, it was a high-pressure front over the East Coast. And if they say it on CNN. <laughs> no, not it's necessarily. True. But <laughs> yeah. I was looking up weather picture, pictures of the flooding. That was the picture. Uh, so that do was you think was weather said. just happens by itself, or is there somebody in charge of the weather department? Um, I don't really have a stance on that issue. All right. Here's what I'm trying. Do you think that there's a God who controls the weather? Possibly. Hmm. No evidence for or against scientific mind. My scientific mind won't let me choose either side. You're an empiricist, <laughs> are you? Yes. Is there something inside of your non-scientific mind that goes, yeah, I think so? Yeah, I've had that those thoughts before. Well, I just don't buy into religion. No. I, I think, and you'll have to tell me if I'm right on this, but I think I've got some empirical proof that God exists. Okay. You ready for this one? Shoot. Your, uh, your feet are on it right now. The earth? Yeah. An right. organized system demands that there was an organizer. Besides, all the stuff had to come from someplace. The energy, the power, the design had to come from somewhere. It doesn't happen by itself. It breaks the laws of thermodynamics. Things don't get better. They get worse. Actually, stuff doesn't it doesn't come... break the law of thermodynamics, but you there's a whole so? lecture behind that. So, Thanks for keeping it simple <laughs> for me. Okay, but it doesn't... Things usually don't go from disorder to order, do they? Well... From explosion to construction? They can. Uh, depends on how far you're willing to get into the actual theoretical side of physics. However, I've always kind of held the view of the current theory says explosion to crunch to explosion again. And you go back far enough, eventually there's something else there. There has to be an infinite, an unmoved mover. Technically, yes. Okay. So then the question is, who is the unmoved mover? That is the million-dollar question that everyone tries to answer and gets into more trouble every time they do. So let's give this unmoved mover a generic name. I'm not telling, saying which one, whether right, it's Islam we, we, or Christianity, but how's we, it about God? We can give them the name. Is that God. okay? Greeks have used it, Norse have used it. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, everyone's used it. So now, if we've established empirically that there is a God, 
there's an unmoved mover. The question is, who is that God? And maybe even perhaps an equally interesting question would be, what does he want, this God? Is there any sort of purpose, plan? No. He's whoever you want him to be. Really? Yes. He's whomever you want him to be. If Think, think about it empirically. If you're an all-powerful being... Okay. It's hard for me to imagine, but I'll go with you. Man, just, just, you went run, with me on the thing, run, and you run, kept run it with simple. It, all right, I'm with going it for with you. Yes, sir. For just a minute. Okay. If you're an all-powerful being, yeah. uh, by definition, God is omnipotent, omnipresent, you know, all-knowing, all-seeing, can yeah. do anything. Right. What is a human being to you? Exactly. Puny. Exactly. Dirt. So, to us as a human... God is what we want him to be. If you need him to have a plan for you, he can. But when I put when I try and put myself in his shoes, which might be a little bit overreaching on my part, being only an 18-year-old, but when I try and think about it in that form, I really see him more as someone who said, okay, we're going to let it run, but I'm not really all that interested in the outcome. It sounds to me like you might be a postmodern. Mm. Are you familiar with the term? Philosophical in literature, mindset. yes. Not yeah, necessarily it, it, in philosophy. Well, it, it's it's similar in that you can determine what is truth, and it's actually true for you as long as you believe it. Now, I can believe yes, something that, completely different, and it can be entirely contradictory. But we're both right, even though we flat out contradict one another. That's postmodernism. Uh, as far as. Now, now that surprises me, because an empiricist like you, I wouldn't think, would think like that. For instance, what's two plus two? Five for large values of two. Stop it. (laughs) What's two plus two? Four. Okay, if I said it's 17... I'd say you're incorrect by the law. Thank you for that. Okay. Because I've got the wrong answer. I've got the wrong number. I'm not right just because I believe it. Yes, and in in an empirical sense, science, math history to a point yes but i would say god too though here's why because if he exists then he either is that or he isn't it's not what i fancy him to be the intensity of my belief doesn't make god a certain thing or exist or not exist for instance let's say that there is a god there is an unmoved mover but i sit here and i say no i really don't believe it does he disappear does he go away no he exists and i'm wrong Yes, but my argument is not that he does does or does not exist. It's that what he means to you is... Well, what he means to you, I agree with that. Is within... But what he is isn't determined by my fancy. Well, okay. So, be, For instance, okay, I... I be- we'll, we'll go that it isn't. I, I believe that... Uh, who's, who's, somebody, uh, who's the guy who just dissed the uh, girl up on the award ceremony? Uh, Kanye West? Uh, Kanye West, yeah. yes, I believe so. Uh, yeah, I believe that, that uh, Kanye West is God. And when I die, I'm going to spend eternity uh, doing rap with Kanye West with my pants uh, half, half, halfway down my back. You have a very weird sense of religion. Am I wrong? I should hope so, because I yes, really Yes, a boy. To... Good. Okay, so I'm wrong. That wouldn't be my thing. Now, let's just say I really, really believe that, and you're making me feel bad for saying I'm wrong. Then I'm sorry for hurting and yourself. And I'm still... <laughs> good for you. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so God is not what I imagine him to be. All right. He is what he is. And then the question, of course, is what is he? Who is he? I'd like to suggest that we can figure it out to a degree. 
to a degree, yes. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I think you'll agree with this. As we look around at the bugs and the slugs and the butterflies and bees, we're the best thing there is on this planet. Yes, I will agree that humans are top of the... Now, let's take a look just at us, and maybe if we were created by this unmoved mover, we look at us and we go, okay, we're relational. Chances are pretty good this God is relational. If we're communicating beings, he's probably communicating. We are logical. We have reason. There's intellect, certainly not as much as his, but he must have all of those things. We like to create. Hmm, he must be a creator kind of God. So we can learn a lot about who this being is just by looking at nature. We can look at what happened with that rainstorm. He's powerful. He's big. He makes big bangs, thunder in the sky. Not big bang, big bang. Oh, didn't, don't get all excited. He makes all kinds no, I, I of, of weather you know. happen. He's created the whole universe. He's a big God. I know a lot about this God now. now I don't know who it is yet, but I know a lot about him. You've... You've made conjecture based off what you've seen. But it's pretty good conjecture, don't you think? To a point, yes. All right, now I'm going to conjecture some more. And I'm going to go after another part of your brain. All right. Empirical, is it empiricist or empirical friend? What would it be? Uh, I believe it would be empirical. All right, my empirical friend. I'm going to go after your conscience right now. Shoot. That little courtroom in your brain that says, I've done very bad things. All right? For instance... Have you told lies in your lifetime? Yes. Okay. And I've gotten in trouble for them. That's right, because it's wrong. Now, because you've told lies, if I told lies, what would you call me? What name would you give to me? Rhymes Probably with a pants liar. on fire. That's exactly right. Okay. So you're a liar. In the past, yes. Have you? Well, everything's in the past. Have you ever stolen anything? Probably. Okay. If you've stolen something, that would make you a... Thief. Correct. A little trickier. Lust. Looking at women. Sexual desire. I'm a teenager, absolutely. You are indeed correct, sir. All right, because God looks at what's going on inside of your heart. Don't have to do the act. No, I grant you, committing the act is worse than thinking about it. But God, because he's so high and holy and big, sees into your brain and he knows what's going on and he sees lust as adultery of the heart. Same thing with murder. You don't have to kill somebody, but if you've just been really mad at somebody unjustly, you think they're an idiot, you've called them bad names, committed murder in your heart because God goes deeper than just the physical acts. He goes into our heads and he knows what we're thinking because it's a heart issue and he sees our heart. Okay, speaking of God, have you ever taken his name in vain, used God's name in a bad way? No. Ever? Nope. Okay. Has God always been first in your life, though? No. Okay, because that's the first commandment, that you should love him. He should be first above all things. And so every time you've eaten a meal and you didn't thank him, you haven't thanked him for air or for a nice day, you've really not been a grateful creation. Well, would you look at that? Todd's in the middle of a conversation on the campus of Georgia Tech, and here I come to interrupt. That's what I do best. I interrupt. Don't worry. We will be back in three short minutes. In the meantime, hang tight, hit the bathroom, grab a snack, walk the dog, whatever you need to do, but be back here in three minutes. It's a Witness Wednesday from Georgia Tech. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, 
we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We are so grateful for you and your support, especially when you choose to purchase resources from our store at wretched.org. As Christians, we know the importance of standing firm in the gospel because it was for freedom that Christ set us free, right? Well, your support as a gospel partner helps us to continue producing biblically sound productions like Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and Transformed. We rely on the kindness and generosity of God's people just like you to not just keep the lights on around here, but to also spread the gospel to millions. We promise that we honor your generous gifts with faithful stewardship and full accountability. How so? Well, we're members in good standing with the ECFA, which means you can check up on us for yourself and have full peace of mind as to how your donations are being used. So please, would you visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to get all your questions answered and to become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Sorry to ask you to do some math, but this is math that is going to make you very, very happy. Listen to this one testimony of a woman who chose life. When I found out I was pregnant, I felt like I was being pushed to get an abortion. My pop was exact words to me, where this isn't a birthing center, find somewhere else to go. And I came in and I met Melody and it was this instant connection and I told her what I was going through and it was kind of like having an instant friend and instant family. Take that one testimony and multiply it times 54,253. And what do you get? The number of babies that were saved because you have been supporting pre-born centers around the country. Would you please consider helping us grow that number by providing ultrasounds? $28 per ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life at preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1793, William Carey sails as a missionary to India. In the next 40 years, he would oversee more Bible translations than had previously been produced in all of Christian history. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. And when we left off, if you remember, Todd was in a deep philosophical conversation with Ian on the campus of Georgia Tech. They were debating the existence of God, the problem of evil, whether Jesus could be both fully God and fully man. So let's return to and rejoin the conversation between Todd and Ian on the campus of Georgia Tech. So now, let's say at the age of 18, you were to die and God opened the books up on your life. Everything you've ever done, every deed done in darkness, whether it's looking at stuff on the computer, thinking things, doing things, failing to do things, would he think you're a good person or a bad person? That depends on how you want to define stuff. In the most absolutely moralistic sense, no, I have not been the greatest of all people. No one is. No one can be perfect. I don't disagree with you. But just you. But morally, have you been pure? 
Yes. You have? In my, in my own limited ability to do so. Well... I will admit I have done bad things. I have thought impure thoughts, so to speak. Right. But... I'm A, aware that I've done so and have not acted on it. I am repentant about the fact that I've done so, even with my, to myself, not necessarily going to church or and, you know, talking to a priest, but I'm repentant with myself. I've worked to, so that doesn't happen again. I don't claim to be perfect. I can't. I'm a human. But I strive to be the best that I can be, both morally and intellectually, physically, etc. And... In my view, the books balance out pretty well. Okay. Can I be kind of tough on you right now? You may. I'm going to play the lawyer on the other side. Judge, this guy just admitted he lusts. Maybe he's looked at pornography. He's lied. He dishonored his parents. He was naughty as a child. Look at all the times he has failed to thank you, Judge. This man is guilty. He's very bad, and he deserves very severe punishment. I'd have a pretty strong case against you, wouldn't I? And I'd have an equally strong case against you. Okay. And therefore... Okay, so what have you, you done to make... You cannot argue it? against me and in that regard. So now the, the judge has to decide. That's yes. the important part, because you're the lawyer for yourself, and I'm acting as your accuser. All right? all right. So now the judge looks down on it. Would you have not been lusting in your heart? You have. Yes, I've... Okay, no excuse. You've done that. I've been a human. I've... Right. Looked at girls and said, oh, yeah. they look nice. Okay, and you've lied. I've lied in the past, yes. You were, you were not honoring always of your parents by doing everything you were told to do? Disobeyed them? Open and shut case. Got a guilty man in front of me. But can you claim that you did not do any of those? Dude, I, I, I would be guilty so fast. <laughs> Trust me. I would be very, very guilty. That's the problem of humanity. That's the, that's the great problem of humanity. I think most people, they just know there's a God. And the question that I think they intrinsically have, and that's why I think we see a lot of attempts at religion, for better or for worse, what do I need to do to be made right with this God? That's the big question. This, I just know it in my brain, in my heart. I know I've done bad things. I know it, and I know there's a God, and I'm in big trouble. So the question is, what must I do to be made right with God? Balance your checkbook in your own way. That is a possible option, but consider a criminal standing before the judge who says, Judge, yes, I've picked the crime. I've stolen, I've embezzled, whatever it happens to be. But judge, I gave 10% to charity. The judge says, I don't care. In fact, I don't even care if you gave 100%. You still stole it. You're guilty, and your supposed good deeds do not tip the scales. That's right. That's it. You, you, you can't yeah, I, do something to make up. You're a criminal. I can see where you're coming from. That When I say balance your checkbook in your own way, um, for you, you know, choosing a religion that you go through the process. All right. Of- Even if you tried to bribe the judge and say, Judge, uh, here's $100. He'd say, that's blackmail. That's You've just made it worse. Judge... I've done some good things. You should let me go. He's not because you're still guilty of the crime. You, like the rest of us, Ian, would be found guilty. And if God is just, he's not going to give us a happy ending. He's going to give us what we deserve. Typically known as hell. Yes. Or in the Catholic sense, purgatory. If Jesus is indeed fully God and fully man who died to forgive your sins, 
he died to forgive all of them, and you can't do anything to, to make better in purgatory. Purgatory doesn't make sense. If Jesus is perfectly God and perfectly man, you don't need to have your sins worked off. He did everything for you. And if you can do something to make up for it, then he gets robbed of his atoning work that he did on your behalf. So purgatory doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I was just bringing up the, right, I know. the other right. side of the coin. Okay, so, so here's, here's, here's the deal. Based on the Bible, Jesus is that, the God-man who died for you mm -hmm. so that you could have your sins forgiven, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. Yes, I'm aware you're, of that. You're aware of that deal. I've read that story, yes. Dude, that's like huge good news for you. Mm -hmm. Why don't you believe that? Not real. I thought about it at different points. Um, I really, I look at that and actually your your terminology the god man is one of the reasons i don't buy into i've never said i don't believe in god mm -hmm. i just don't believe in any religion right. which is a little bit different than most people will argue um but the idea of the god man think about the terms you just said for a moment okay you define God as omnipotent and omnipresent, etc. We've already discussed this earlier in the conversation. Yep. Yet, you define man as the perfectly failable being. Mm -hmm. um, no matter how much we strive, that thought is still there. Yeah. Uh, and except in a very few, very extreme cases. Everybody. Gandhi, he recognized he was a sinner. Yeah. But it's going to be there regardless. If you have something that is all-powerful and something that is, yeah. for your, for the sake of the argument, all-corrupting, but it's not power. Good, okay, good thinking, man. Okay. You put them together... And you're going to have a problem. And you have something that cannot exist. Good on you for thinking like that. Let me just tell you, though, that that's actually an argument for that being true. Here's why. You've got God, who's in heaven, who's perfect very angry at you for being a lawbreaker. All right? But he's good, and he wants to rescue you, but he's just, so there's got to be a perfect sacrifice. Now, you need to be represented to that God. So here's what we've got. We need the perfect sacrifice, and the only perfect sacrifice for you would be God. And to have a representative to have the, the goodness that he does applied to your account needs to be a human being. And so the fancy term for it, theologically, is the ontological nature of Jesus Christ. Fully God and fully man. It's the only thing that could possibly work. Fully God and fully man to be the perfect sacrifice and to be the perfect representative for you. It has to be both. Now, how do we get rid of that corruption issue, though? That's a very good point. Because Jesus wasn't born in sin. It was a supernatural event that happened. I know it's a miracle and you're an empiricist, but if God can make a world, he can do this so that he would be an uncorrupted nature, but tempted just like you and me, but by the power of God and the Holy Spirit, he lived a perfect life as a man, fully God, fully man, two, two 100% things in one human being, because it's the only solution that there is, and it can happen because of the miraculous nature of the incarnation when Jesus came to this earth. So that's a good question, but the Bible resolves it for you. It can happen, but only God can do it. And it's the only thing that can help you from your situation, which is God's mad at you, and you need to have yourself a representative who's perfect. All right, I can so, understand the... Theologically, it works very well. Okay, so Ian, 
you got stuff to do today. And, but you're on this campus and you're young and you're thinking things through, which is good and it's important. But you're a man now. And you should get this, this resolve because if what I'm saying to you is true, as you sit on this bench, if you died, you are in very big trouble. Very By big trouble. By your argument, yes. Because it won't be me as your accuser. It will be God as your accuser. And he's never wrong. And to stand before God on Judgment Day is something you really don't want to experience. You really don't. Because the Bible says he's going to grind you to powder. You're just dealing with omnipotent and omniscient is very a frightening thought indeed. But this day, he comes in peace to offer reconciliation. If you will humble yourself, is what you've got to do. You've got to, yep, confess he's God, you're not, and you've sinned against him in countless ways. And to apologize, basically I'm describing repentance for you, yep. and put your trust in him and him alone as the true and only God. He promises that work that Jesus did for you will be credited to your account. Not a Catholic idea. This is a biblical idea. Yes, no, I know. His goodness credited to you, your badness credited to him. The great exchange. So that you can be adopted into God's family, and he will grant you everlasting life and complete forgiveness of sins. And it doesn't mean you won't go on to be a physics, whatever thing it is that you're doing, but he will be the priority of your life. He's going to realter your priorities because he's the highest priority there is. So God offers you forgiveness and everlasting life today. Please just think about it today. I know you got distractions and busy stuff, but this is very important. Fair enough. All right, Ian, I had a guess. Thank you very much. Well, that's going to do it. We reached the end of another conversation here on Witness Wednesday. Ian had some very thoughtful objections, and Todd answered every single one of Ian's objections. And he also got to the most important thing, which was the gospel. All right, folks. Well, we're going to take a break, and we will be back. Don't you go anywhere. We have more witnessing from the campus of Georgia Tech coming up next. This is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, parental rights continue to be under attack as more and more schools are adopting policies letting teachers socially transition students without asking mom and dad. A Wisconsin judge recently smacked down one school, however, for going behind parents' backs. The case involved a 12-year-old girl who the school started calling he because, well, one day she said she felt like a boy that day. Her parents said, um, no. No, she's a girl. For the school, you know what they did? They ignored the parents, and the parents sued and won. Yeah, that's a good idea. Schools work for the parents, not the other way around. That follows a scandal where a volunteer child advocate in Washington was canned after refusing to promise to push irreversible gender interventions on kids under 12. She called it appalling that an organization claiming to protect vulnerable children would cut parents out of major decisions like these. Eh, yeah, that's an understatement, isn't it? And Planned Parenthood. Oh boy, a story about Planned Parenthood. Well, they have no problem cutting parents out, do they? Investigations reveal that they'll hand out hormones to confused teens after just a quick 30-minute chat. No extensive mental health evaluation needed before they pump your kid full of drugs. And there are lots of people that are slamming them saying Planned Parenthood is not equipped to make these life-wrecking calls for mixed-up kids. But you know Planned Parenthood. They're going to recklessly plow ahead. They desperately are seeking more business, transgender business now it seems, because they can't chop up babies like they used to. What a disgusting organization. Islamic militants murdered 11 Christians in Nigeria recently, including two young children. 
The evil jihadi sprayed bullets on families sleeping in their beds. The survivors begged the Nigerian government to find and prosecute the terrorists, but too often the government turns a blind eye to anti-Christian violence. Over 5,000 Christians were martyred in Nigeria last year for their faith. The persecution in that country is absolutely outrageous, and the Christian persecution all over the world is absolutely outrageous, which is why we remind you so frequently to please continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Well, in other news, Pope Francis has confirmed that the LGBT community has a place in the Catholic Church. In a letter, he said the church cannot be judges who condemn and exclude, that they must show kindness and tenderness. Yeah, I'm going to say, Pope Francis, that kindness comes more in the form of telling someone that they are doing and participating in something that's going to send them straight to hell for all of eternity. Actually refusing that information is not kind at all. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Paul wrote the second letter to the Thessalonians to further encourage and instruct them in the face of persecution. Some Thessalonians feared that they had missed the Lord's return. Paul reminds them that God will punish those who persecute the church, and he will be faithful to return for his people. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back to another Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio, a Witness Wednesday which finds itself on the campus of Georgia Tech. And Todd has managed to track down another student on the campus, and they've already started chatting. The same way that you're explaining your God, everybody has their own proofs of their own gods. So I hear what you're saying, but I don't know any type of God. I just believe in a higher power. All right, can I press you just a little bit on that? All right. You said earlier, you said, I feel like I'm a pretty good guy, and that if there's a judgment, probably do pretty well because overall you've lived a pretty moral life, correct? Yeah. Let me press you on that, all right? Deshaun, how many times have you told a lie in your life? Probably over 100. If you knew that I told a hundred lies, <laughs> I don't, I don't worry. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm not sure, but okay. All right. So you told a hundred lies. If I told a hundred lies, what would you call me? A liar, right? Yeah. If I, yeah, probably if I didn't know you. Okay. Stealing things doesn't matter. Not robbing a bank, but taking anything that didn't belong to you from anybody, no matter what the value is. Have you ever done that? Yes. So, what do we call people who steal things? Thieves. It goes back to what I was saying, though, as far as labeling. Everything has its label. And so, that means something, everything has to be titled something. That's why somebody is so quick to call somebody a thief after seeing them steal one time. Or even a hundred times. Well, true, but when somebody, if somebody murdered somebody in the street, just their, their only murder, you'd go, well, you're a murderer, right? Because that's the label that they just put on themselves. Yeah, but that's what they are. Yes, that's the label that they put on themselves. So you and I, our label would be liar and thief because I've lied, I've stolen. All right, let's try lust. Ever look at a woman with lust? Mm-hmm, I do it all the time. Because Jesus said if you do that, you commit adultery in your heart. So it's not a matter of the physical act. You just think about it, and God has it recorded because he knows our thought life. All right? 
What about dishonoring parents? Were you a perfect child? No, but I never, never went crazy on my parents. Probably yeah. didn't always do what they told. Maybe a little sassy, right? Okay. So I think we just went through four commandments, right? Mm -hmm. And you just confessed to me you're a lying, thieving, adulterer at heart who was disrespectful to his parents. Okay. So I could probably make a pretty good case. I'm a bad person. Uh huh. That's the label. Okay. But if the label fits. The shoe fits. <laughs> right. But I've been play I've been in plenty of situations where the shoe fit, but it wasn't accurate. Right. But that would be that would that would be a pretty strong case. See, that would be in alignment with what the Bible says. The Bible says we're not good people. You're not. I'm not. In fact, I'll even say I'm way worse than you, Deshaun. I. Right. But we're not good people because we're not morally perfect, and that's God's exacting standard. You're a bad person. God calls your number. He determines this is the day Deshaun is not going to be walking on this planet anymore. And you are called into God's courtroom. And God is the omnipotent, just judge who knows everything. And he opens up the books on Deshaun and he knows how many lies you've told exactly, how many things you've stolen down to the penny, how many times you dishonored your parents, blasphemed his name, hated somebody unjustly. He knows it all. He's perfect, he's just, he can't be bribed. Would you be innocent or guilty before God? Um, I think I would be guilty. I think everybody would be guilty. Agreed. Now, but so we're- is that what repenting is for? Well, hang in there, we haven't gotten that far yet because I'm, I'm taking you somewhere else here. We'd be guilty. What should God do with guilty criminals? Take us to heaven, send us to hell. I think it depends on if they repent or not. Hold on. What should God do with us, heaven or hell? I think it depends on if we repent or not. I mean, I think you, I see what you're doing. Like, I, I understand because I'm, I'm, I am a manipulator as well. Next, I am not trying to manipulate. I am trying to reason with you. And I, I'm sticking with my end. Did you just label me a manipulator? <laughs> because I know what it is. But anyway, it's like, so what I'm saying is, when we get to that point, when everybody gets to that point, it's either you are repenting for all of your sins or you're just lying about your sins and you're going straight to hell. Okay. Okay. That, that's not exactly where I'm taking you, but I'd still would, I still would suggest to you, Deshaun, if you got pulled into a court, right, or somebody here, some criminal gets pulled into a courtroom and stands before the judge, he's guilty, all the evidence is there, and he goes, I repent, Your Honor. The judge is going to go, I, good, you should, but you are going, oh, he's, God is more perfect and more just, and a just judge who just lets somebody go because they say they're sorry is not just at all. In fact, he's a corrupt judge. He must uphold justice and sentence that person for breaking but his laws. That is based on the laws of the, the um, country or wherever we're at. This is God's planet, and His laws are written on your heart. He says that you are, He gives you an opportunity to repent when you are about to die or going to heaven. That's part of His laws. Okay, but that, this is, that's not my point, though, okay? So are I'm you trying to understand your point without being manipulated. Okay, here, but, here, but here's where I'm going with this. Because you're right, God must punish us, and God does want us to repent. But that still leaves a justice problem. Okay, if God just lets guilty criminals go 
just because they say, I'm sorry, that's not just, but imagine this, Deshaun, let's say you've, you've racked up 57 parking tickets, you've got 100 speeding tickets, and you've got a fine of $72,000. You get pulled into court and you say, judge, I'm sorry. He's going to say, you should be sorry. You owe $72,000, pay it or you're going to jail. Now imagine, so hold, hold on, hold on. Somebody steps into the courtroom and says, Judge, I love Deshaun and I've got $72,000. Here's the payment for Deshaun. Now, God, this, this judge can let you go because your fine has been paid. That is the only way you can be set free because justice has been satisfied. Are we in agreement on that? I agree and I think that is their form of repenting That's like ha- haven't example. haven't got haven't gotten there yet because my point is this jesus christ is the one who paid your fine by dying for you a sinner right and if you don't have jesus christ as your god you don't have a payment you don't have forgiveness you are believing in a figment of your imagination by making up an idol a god to suit yourself that's why you must put your trust in jesus christ alone because he claims to be the only true and living god and the only one who can forgive you so that's why god doesn't want us creating gods that we imagine he wants us to believe in him and him alone that was my point that you got to believe in jesus deshaun i understood actually okay um so thanks for let me take you through that sure so why would you reject jesus then i don't think i'm rejecting jesus i just don't think that i'm gonna put my full trust in somebody that i haven't seen and just like the history books covered up so many other things they could be covering things that we don't know so just like i'd rather believe in a higher power and believe that every, if you look at every religion, they all are basically the same thing in different words. So I would love to believe in a higher power and believe in the, the, the um, message that all of them are talking about. Because like I said, they're all saying the same thing. So what you're preaching to me, somebody else that is a Muslim will be coming to me with these same questions and trying to get me to just be fully Muslim. And they will have the same type of, they will have the same type of facts and proof to try to manipulate me into believing and just being Muslim. So that's why I am very, I love the fact that I'm very strong-minded and I love the fact that I can make my own opinions and do what I want with it. What if I told you, I don't believe that Martin Luther King Jr. existed because I never saw him and news corrupts stories all the time. What would you think? I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you and I wouldn't be offended because I'd never seen him either. But, right, but you know that he existed, right? I don't believe that all of the stories that were told about Martin Luther King were accurate at all. And I don't believe that all the stories that were told about Jesus were accurate at all either. And I don't believe that Jesus was white. I don't believe that, like, there's a bunch of stuff that was told that I don't believe and that can be proven wrong. And that's, in, that's not even just in Christianity or Catholic or, or Muslim or Buddhism or Hinduism. That's, there's, there's pieces of all of those religions that can be proven wrong. So, I, like I said, I would rather just believe in the higher power and things like karma or... I know, I know there's no such thing as coincidence, but that I would love to believe that everything happens for a reason. And I would, believe, I would love to believe that that's because of the higher power. All right. All right. So we part friends. 
disagreeing, correct? Agree to disagree. All right, fair enough. Now that's another conversation in the books and another young man we need to be in prayer for. I found Deshaun to be extremely sharp and thoughtful. He believed in a higher power, but he was not fully convinced that that higher power was Christ. Todd didn't leave anything on the table. He he ran through sin and Christ's atonement, the need for repentance. But, you know, sometimes the seed's just going to fall on stony ground. So Deshaun definitely needs our prayers. Well, we're not finished yet. We do have more witnessing still to come from the campus of Georgia Tech. Hang tight. We'll be back. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. Lobe. It's a magnificent ministry and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything, everywhere you look. <laughs> Plus, that also means football season is in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up. And I don't have to tell you that Sugar Hype kids are going to be coming knocking on your door, whether you like it or not. So you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched store as low as 99 cents per booklet. Now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the Devil's Day. That's Halloween. Get them before they're gone at wretched.org. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. When reading the Bible, begin with these three questions. 
What does it say? What does it mean? What difference does it make? Many common mistakes can be avoided with basic hermeneutics. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, well, welcome back. It's a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. One last eavesdropping session with Todd as he's on the campus of Georgia Tech. Let's see who he has corralled for this impromptu theological discussion. Alex, you are studying to be a... A psychologist. Cool. Tell me, who is your favorite psychologist or what is your favorite school of psychology? Uh, I'm really studying cognitive psych right now, having to do with the mind and uh, why we do what we do, different brain functions and, and more of the physicality of it. So do you think that human beings are their brains or are we something else? What makes Alex Alex what makes me me so it's like you're asking if the mind and brain are separate uh uh, that's hard because you can pinpoint every action or every emotion you have to a certain function in the brain so you're asking if they if I have if there's something else than that if there's like a soul or something uh you can't prove it uh I'm not going to deny it because that would be ignorant of me because I don't have all the information but I can't can't say that we do there is something else for sure but you know I don't know that's that's fair fair enough all right you mentioned that there's an emotional center where do you think that emotions the whole concept of emotions feeling whether it's love or anger or joy excitement anticipation though that that whole thing that's kind of invisible we definitely have it where did that come from uh i think it's an evolutionary thing it was developed through time and uh it's like i said you can point like when you have emotions uh, certain parts of the brain light up and uh, are really functional during those times so i think emotion is just is more of a physical thing you know it was just evolutionary progress and when did that start and why 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 do we have why did we decide to evolve emotions I mean, I'm not an expert, but my guess would be like when we stopped just hunting and gathering and we had more time to think and more time to uh, to think about emotions, think about love and all that. Maybe that time in over evolution, we started having more room in our brain for emotions and all that because we didn't need to hunt all the time or we weren't fighting for survival every day. But that still begs the question. I might have a lot of free time, but how would I think about something that doesn't exist? Uh, it's true. I think it just it's created through evolution. I think like I don't know when exactly it started. Uh, emotional. I, th- I don't know like if we uh, started out when we when we became emotional creatures. Guilt, shame, regret. Why did we evolve those traits? I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I can just put everything back into, like, evolution, I feel like. So you and I jump onto an airplane, yeah. and we fly to the island of Boingo Boingo, and we get out, we check into our hotel, we're reading through the Welcome to Boingo Boingo literature, and it says that they're going to have a beating women in peach sweaters with a club festival because their culture has decided it's a good thing. Would you be willing to tell them it's wrong? Because they've determined culturally it's a good thing. Well, in the position I was in, I would not because I would not want to be murdered as well. But I would also think, I would definitely think it was still wrong, but... You see see my point, though. Just because the culture says it is or isn't, there's still something that tells us there are certain things that are just plain wrong and certain things that are 
nice. Isn't it actually a good thing if I take out weaker people so that I can go for survival of the fittest? Yeah, but I think we've changed from that hunter-gatherer, you know, where we had to kill each other, survive the fittest. I mean, we really haven't, though, because if you look back on uh, different societies currently, you see people killing each other all the time and for different region reasons for religion or for for uh money and so they make excuses it's right to kill for this it's right to kill for that even during these times so i think it's still prevalent in us but i mean some societies stress not killing people and some believe it's okay for certain reasons yeah i understand I under- there's a distinction between murder and killing it's it seems to me though that based on evolutionary science and an evolutionary worldview the natural extension of it is not kindness it really should be cruelty and our hospitals are actually not the fruit of darwinian evolution because we should be letting the weak die let the useless feeders die off so that the stronger ones can survive wouldn't a hospital stand in contradiction to evolutionary science yeah but also in evolution we're supposed to uh support our own you know and make sure that line keeps going so it is natural for us to help each other out you know to keep the human line going why isn't survival of the fittest at the core of evolution so so our species can survive you know we we help each other out so we can keep surviving and our species will evolve into something greater eventually but i mean we need to keep each other alive like everyone can't die why, why do we need to do that alex because if we all die then our species comes extinct and then it's over with okay what difference does it make i mean i think it's just a natural thing you want to keep going here's what i think i think there's a creator because i look around and i go look these buildings didn't make themselves and your left eyeball is more intricate than that entire building and all of the wiring in it So I conclude, I didn't see anybody make that building, but I know there's a builder because there's a building. So I know there's an eye maker because your eye is intricately designed. So I intuit God exists. Furthermore, I have a conscience. I've got that little courtroom in my brain that says, I've done bad things. I've got guilt, I've got shame, I've got regrets. I look around at the world and I see justice, that we have a sense inside of us that doing beating up women with a club is a bad thing. Punching small children, it's a, it, it, those are bad. Stealing somebody's stuff, it's bad. My conscience informs me I'm wrong. I have a sense that there is justice because I see the court systems. I see police arresting bad guys, them being punished for their crimes. And I start to think about all of these things. And if I put them together, what I conclude is there is a creator. He's got to be just because I have a sense of right and wrong. I've got emotions and feelings because this creator does. I can communicate because my maker does. I have a sense of justice because God himself is just. And I think that the Christian worldview harmonizes all of those things, has an explanation for why we're here and what's going to happen to us when we die. So here's, here's the summation. Alex, I think God is the creator and he is holy, righteous, and just. And he's appointed a day where he's going to call everybody into the courtroom of his justice system. And he's going to open up the books and he's going to see everything that we've done because he's seen everything that we've done. He's heard everything that we've said. He knows every deed that we've done in darkness. 
He knows how we failed to be good and kind when we should. He knows when we've been cruel. He knows when we've stolen or lied or lusted or looked at pornography. And God is going to render a verdict on us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that that courtroom in our brain says we're guilty. And if God slams his gavel of justice and finds us guilty, we're going to go to a very bad place where lawbreakers go. It's a place called hell. That's what I think explains everything. But if I ended the story right there, it would be very bleak. And I would want to become a nihilist very quickly because that is not a hopeful worldview. But God is rich in mercy and he's good and he's loving and he's forgiving. But there's some tension in this scenario. God is just, he's got to punish lawbreakers, but he desires to forgive guilty criminals. So God, he predetermined a plan where he could be just and the justifier of those who are guilty. Here's what he did. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life you and I could not live. He was murdered. Men, his creation, brutally killed him. God was, if you will, pouring out his wrath on his son as a payment for your fines, for your crimes against God, Jesus paid the fine. He died, he rose again, and he is prepared to forgive sinners. God is just, he desires to be to forgive people, but he can't just let guilty criminals off the hook, so he satisfies justice through the payment of his son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I can be forgiven, our conscience can be cleansed, no more guilt, no more shame, no more remorse, and now I know what's gonna happen when I die, I'm going to heaven and not to hell because Jesus paid my fine. That is the worldview that I think explains all of it. There's beauty because God has determined what is beautiful. There is evil. We know that because God is just and we know that anything that is not like God is a bad thing. There's a, a sense of guilt because God has a sense of justice. So I think the Christian worldview explains all of those things that we were talking about, including having a purpose for your life. You could now live for God, the highest pursuit that anybody can. You can go on to be whatever you want in your profession, but you do it striving to be obedient to God because he died to save you a sinner. That's the Christian worldview, all right? My question for you, Alex, is that worldview true or false? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's true because I think any worldview that claims to to have all the solutions is, is not a correct worldview because we don't have all the solutions. I've, I know I know that for a fact, and I think it's okay to admit that we don't know some things. Well, that's going to do it for another Witness Wednesday on the campus. Today it was Georgia Tech. Next week, where will we be? Who knows? It's a toss-up. You'll have to come back to find out. Also, come back here tomorrow, same time, same place, for more Wretched Radio. And until then, go serve your king.